0: Welcome to PB Link Stories. We explore the stories and uncover the business secrets of some of Britain's most successful entrepreneurs.
1: Christina Iremier is indefatigable. She came to the UK from Romania 21 years ago as a young woman, and it looks like she's not had time to unpack her suitcase yet. She's founder and editor-in-chief of Romani in UK newsletter, targeting over 50,000 subscribers with editorials, interviews. She's an active campaigner at the highest levels for the rights of Romanian and other EU migrants in the UK, a well-known face at European parliaments, UK parliaments, holding senior government ministers to account. She's founder of Happy People Learning Centre, which specialises in providing health and safety training courses for Central and Eastern European construction tradesmen in the UK. The only centre in the UK approved to deliver the GQA CSCS labour card 100% online. She also founded and runs HBL Recruitment, which places Eastern Central European people into construction work in the UK. As if that wasn't enough, Christina also owns a small business delivering translations, advice and accountancy services for Romanians living in the UK and a restaurant in her home county of Sebesh in Romania. Despite her extremely busy schedule, she's agreed to speak to us today. Christina, it's a great pleasure to have you on the PB Link Stories podcast. Thank you for coming on and welcome.
0: Thank you for having me, Bill. It's an honour to be with you.
1: Well, um, it's amazing. I have so many questions to ask you, but very little time. So we're going to dive straight in. Christine, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and and your businesses?
0: Um, Yes. Um, There's various ventures that I've tried along the years. And I think um, looking back... um, that I see myself as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um, and as entrepreneurs um, usually are, you you try a few times until you get to succeed in in a field of activity. Um, It's an honor to have found the right people and the right clients to actually put my creativity and my ideas together and um, make a success of some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been an interesting journey and i think looking back i thank the uk very much because it's the country where i came initially to study as a scholar and it it gave me the opportunities to believe in myself and to start in business as a very at a very young age yeah
1: so you arrived in the uk for the first time i believe 21 years ago um, yes i was in-
0: 16.
1: 16, Sixteen. I wasn't going to ask, Christine, I was just going to say yeah. that you were very young. And you, you went to school in Tiverton, Blondell's school. Now, what's interesting for me is 1999 was a good bit before Romania uh, joined the EU, which was 2007, 2008 or 2006. Yes, anyway. 2007. So you're a trailblazer of course we had a we've had a lot of Romanians coming to live and work among us since they joined the eu but when you came when you were a a, a young woman a girl you'd have been very much in a minority how did you find that experience
0: uh, it was a tough experience to be honest because um, i landed in a in a private boarding school when i was 16. And I had no understanding whatsoever of, you know, different classes in Britain and uh, what private education means. So I was just seen as this girl coming from an ex-communist country and all people could relate to was uh, the communism regime and orphan children. So that, uh, that's the start of my advocacy for the country I come from. And probably because it came with some pain along, you know, Mm -hmm. it was me having to defend the country I come from and tell people that they should treat me as equal, looking at results rather than a place on a map.
1: Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, that that must have been very hard. That's a a large burden to put on the shoulders of a, a young woman at that age. Yes,
0: and especially because um, I come from a family who invested in our education and we were very important, so I would say a middle-class family in Romania. Mm -hmm. And then when I came here, I realized that, you know, looking at the standards of uh, my uh, ex-school colleagues, we would have been uh, seen as being poor. So oh, okay. it it was it was a fast forward the uh, maturity process I actually okay. went through.
1: Oh, so a lot of catching up to do. Did did you did you have a a decent standard of English to help you before you arrived?
0: Yes, we we went. We I actually applied for a uh, for a Soror scholarship. It was a one year scholarship to come to study. So English was the first criteria. Oh. I think we were. So from, from the whole country, we were about 3,000 applicants for seven scholarships in the UK.
1: 3,000 applicants for seven scholarships. Oh, well done. Fantastic. That's that's a great achievement. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that, and, was,
0: that was the start. And I came and I, um, so I completed the first year. Then uh, the school offered me another scholarship to complete my A-levels. And... Then life changed because I was meant to study at a prestigious university. Mm -hmm. But there were no scholarships at that stage for uh, for Romanian individuals. There were only uh, scholarships awarded by universities at the PhD level. Mm -hmm. So I found no way of financing my university degree. I was admitted to all the universities I applied, including Oxford University but I couldn't find a scholarship, so I had to let go. Oh, wow. I did okay. not I did not want to go back home because I would have had to take my baccalaureate back home yet again, restudying what I studied in Romania as A-levels were not... Uh, I couldn't use my A-levels to apply directly to university. Yeah,
1: not recognized, right. Mm-hmm.
0: So I actually extended my student visa for what it used to be called a uh, business visa in 2001 and I moved to London. So from a private boarding school in Devon, I landed in uh, one of the worst areas in London to live in.
1: Oh boy, okay.
0: Yes, and then uh, I had to work so that I could support myself. I saw this as uh, as a temporary measure because I kept on thinking somehow I'm going to find a way to sponsor my studies. Uh, I started working in a housekeeping department in a hotel as a supervisor and that was just based on the fact that I, I knew English and there were a lot of Romanians working there who didn't. Okay. And um, I, I worked there and tried for months and months to get a, at least an office job, which I never managed to get because I was on a self-employed visa, you see. Uh-huh. So the self-employed visa actually made me become an entrepreneur because I kept on saying to myself, surely there needs to be a way. Mm-hmm. I started to offer various services as a translator, interpreter. I remember I worked with the HMRC translating for, for Romanians. And it was almost if the authorities helped me, or I found people who, who mentored me, so that I learned even how to do tax returns and how to do bookkeeping. Uh, so the system was friendly.
1: Okay, Wow.
0: And then because also of that experience in working in in the hotel, uh, in the housekeeping department, I saw a a lot of wrongdoing by the agencies. I was working through an agency as well. And I kept on thinking there must be another way. So in time, together with a colleague of mine, we set up um, our own contract cleaning in hotels and i ran that company for a few years so that was the first business and the translations business you know in time developed and what uh, when i uh, when i started um, looking at how how i can talk on behalf of romanians in the uk it was uh, after I attended quite a few events at the Romanian embassy and I realized that at that stage and we're talking back to looking back at 2004 uh, only professional romanians living in the uk would engage with the authorities and nobody really talked about issues and it was quite difficult to put on the table you know issues of and stories of migrants there used to be a lot of romanians who would uh, be here without a visa without a valid visa so they were undesirable and um i took it on me really to raise you know to raise their voice and to make their voice raised and um I think why I had success and the story was heard really was because I did it without having any interest whatsoever. So I just thought that those people need a voice and um, at least somebody needs to be aware of their issues. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it it, it it was at the moment, uh, you know, the, the fact that what I used to write went to people's hearts. So that's how the, the story expanded.
1: Well, that's right, because then I've been following a little bit of your campaigning history. And I noticed, as I mentioned in the introduction there, you're really now, you, you started there 2004 in the embassy. You noticed some things were wrong. You started speaking out. And your voice has become heard more and more, and your presence has become more and more noticeable. You, I've seen interviews between you and UK immigration ministers. You're in the the uh, EU Parliament, and I noticed specifically when in 2007 it was, as you said, when Romania joined the EU. Romanians in the UK were only allowed to do a limited number of jobs in the UK. This was a surprise to me when I researched this, because of course Polish yes. people had joined in 2004 previously unrestricted access to the job market. Romanians and Bulgarians had restrictions put upon them. And I suppose that was something to do with um, Nigel Farage and these people who gave these predictions were going to be overrun by millions and millions of people um, from the the EU accession states. Anyway, you campaigned for Romanians to be given the same rights as other members in the EU. And, And I mean, you're still doing it through Romanian UK, you're still campaigning. You're still making the voice of the Romanian community heard. Um, how do you find that? Are, are, are you exhausted yet? Because I know campaigning must really <laughs> take a massive amount of energy to keep coming back from disappointment and trying again.
0: It's. Um, I haven't been so active, to be honest, in the past two years because uh, business business took a lo- uh, you know a, a lot of effort to put mm-hmm. together and so there are disappointments and you, you, you need, really needs to be, to, you know, to keep going because uh, there comes a time when you're appreciated by, um, maybe, you know, the UK government and officials and officials and other communities, but you're not appreciated so much by your own community. And, um, so I've, I've i've seen a lot of uh, in the past few years there were quite a few a few people who started trying to copy what i've done and i thought i'll you know i i maybe it's the time to let others um yeah. t- take take the place and maybe there's different periods in our life yeah,
1: yeah. but what yeah. i
0: do find it, what I do find, even in the activity we carry on now with Happy People Learning Center, is that, in a way, I, my, my own life stories inspires people. Mm-hmm. And that's where I find the force to go on. If I know that, and now I, I really see, and I had quite a lot of examples last year, with um, children of immigrants... Who moved to the UK maybe when they were, you know, in the teenage years, so in yep, between yep. ten to twelve, their their family live in various boroughs of London, and they were never given too many choices on on the education they can get and where they can land in life. So they try, they sort of fall in the footsteps of their parents and think if you get a laborer job in construction and you start working at, in construction when you're 16, that's life. What else could you do? Right. Um, so that I would like to carry on and, and continue. And I take it out a little bit of the Romanian context because it's a sto- uh, it's a migrant story, which actually repeats, even if you come from various other countries. And I think it's a great honor to be able to inspire young people and help them build their dreams because Mm -hmm. really there are so many opportunities which shouldn't be lost.
1: Absolutely and in fact you've now there's the English saying about walking talking the talk and walking the walk so you've done a lot of talking about the Romanian community but you're actually offering uh, concrete solutions and concrete help through HPL Learning Centre through uh, Happy People Learning Centre through HPL Recruitment and I read that Romanians are now the second biggest non-British population in the UK behind the Polish community and a massive percentage of the workforce on London construction sites are Romanians. Of course that's where your businesses come in to, to place well to train Romanian people and other Eastern Europeans and to place them on building sites. So yeah, Perhaps this is the, just the time to hand over the campaigning to someone else because you're delivering concrete yes. solutions. Um, so your company's HBL Recruitment and Happy People Learning Centre are revolutionary. We mentioned you're the only centre in the UK where you can get the CSCS Labour card 100% online. And I believe you have a system to help people with English as a second language to properly understand the training without translating any of it.
0: We're not allowed to use various languages because the because the the training needs to be delivered, and they need to engage in English., okay. but we've developed and redeveloped and redeveloped the courses we run so that we use a lot of interactive activities and videos uh, to to make learners from a foreign language feel much more comfortable in their learning experience. And we've had actually, you know, uh, an, an amazingly an overwhelming good passing rate because of that That's uh, great. With, yep. uh, with, with the online uh, service we offer uh, it is revolutionary um i think we're actually at the point of disrupting a market so yeah, <laughs> sometimes, great sometimes Not, nothing better than being a disruptor Good yes, but yeah. it comes with its challenges as well. Uh-huh. Uh, happy, happy to take them though, because Good. I understand that you know to change systems, you're not liked at first. People, people tend to feel comfortable with with the old way of doing
1: things. Sure, sure, yeah. It takes a long time to learn something. And think that's it. I don't want to go and learn a new thing that someone else <laughs> has invented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, what, what effects has coronavirus and Brexit? had on your business with HPL and Happy People?
0: Um, It's a mixture we've seen because Mm -hmm. um, coronavirus actually gave us the opportunity to to launch this revolutionary system. If it wasn't for the first lockdown, I think uh, we wouldn't have been taken seriously enough by the awarding body. Um, So We used the first lockdown as an opportunity to to get accredited for this service. I researched and worked to develop this this system of work for one year. Um, I take the first lockdown as a positive aspect because it pushed us. So it's that uh, horrible moment when you need to change something and then you make it just because there's no other option. When things are running normal, you know, we, we tend to be slower with what we change because we have a model in business and it works and then you keep on carrying on what you were doing. Um, Brexit hasn't yet shown its effects right. because due to the large uh, um, unemployment in the UK and too many sectors of the economy being still uh, closed, we've seen... We've seen a lot of people changing career temporarily, so they go ah. into construction. Okay. So that offered us another, you know, a pipeline of candidates that compensates in the way the fact that there's no... We don't have any new arrivals to the yeah. UK who would like sure. to make an entry. Uh, Recruitment-wise, uh, we've actually... We're at the stage of completing a project now uh, in central London. And I think, I think recruitment will be okay for us. But we already see from potential clients that they're, uh, they're lacking workforce and they're lacking access to skilled workers. Um, probably by the time that's going to be put in statistics, It will take some time. So I reckon only after April the UK is going to show the first signs of lacking already okay. workers from the EU.
1: Okay. Yeah. And
0: mm-hmm. I don't think the UK and small businesses are ready for employing under the new um, under the new home office.
1: Yeah, the, the points based immigration system, isn't it? Yes. I, I read that there's some difficulties with the, the tier two skilled work visa, or what we used to call tier two, yes. that it allows a lot of trades in construction, but there are certain gaps. So like dry liners, I think that's what I would call somebody puts yes. up plasterboard, uh, dry liners, labourers and other trades that are crucial. Um, so hopefully these are things we can get ironed out. <clears throat> because there's a massive shortage of accommodation across the entire UK, so we need people to build them. I mean, I mean, uh, I'm not in construction, but I can, I can, I can see that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So construction sites are remaining open, I believe. I'm up in Scotland, yes, here, they are. but down in London, yes. you're still. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes, they're open, and we've had quite a lot of activity on the construction sites because we actually um, offer um, NVQs as well so we need right. to gather the evidence of workers at their workplace
1: aha uh-huh, i see and you're actually operating not just in london but you construction now we operate across... yeah. we
0: operate across the uk because we can carry out various visits remotely but you know in london when there's clients demand uh, wanting the option of As visiting sites, then we do, and we use it as well for a business development exercise. Oh, excellent!
1: All very interesting stuff. So we now move to the question that we've been waiting for all the way through this interview, Christina. What is the secret of business?
0: The secret of business is, um, for me personally. Um to have the courage of seeking to bring changes to society generally speaking uh, by putting together a service which you, you can provide that um, can actually make a difference to other people. And if you are good enough at what you do, perseverant, and you don't lose faith um, <laughs> then I think you will break the ice and make it
1: fantastic the courage to make a change the courage to uh, make a difference and perseverance perseverance exactly and the your perseverance word is exactly the word that I use right at the beginning for you Christina indefatigability just that you just keep going it's amazing you're way beyond. A Duracell buddy, I think you're a nuclear powered, <laughs> a nuclear powered <laughs> entity. Christina Irimi, thank you very much for joining us on PB Link Stories.
0: Thank you, Vin.
1: We have barely scratched the surface of what you have done and what you were doing, but we have no more time. But I'm uplifted and inspired by your words. To our listeners, be sure to subscribe to PB Link Stories for more, much more, even more as we hunt down inspiring entrepreneurs to discover the secret of business.
0: Join us at our next event and engage with the business community.